Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. In the last week in the United States, about 639,000 cattle and 2.4 million hogs were harvested. This produced over 537 million pounds of beef and 530 million pounds of pork. In the news this week, JBS USA agreed to pay over $52 million to end a class action lawsuit claiming that the company worked with others to suppress market competition for box beef. JBS denied wrongdoing, but also agreed to cooperate throughout the remainder of the case. A Wyoming man was charged with selling jerky made from poached game. The man has been charged with over $45,000 in fines and lost his hunting, fishing, and trapping privileges for a minimum of five years. He also will not be able to hunt in Wyoming or 48 other states until his fines are paid off. This is a reminder that not only is poaching a bad business move, but so is selling meat that hasn't gone through inspection, and so is selling products under a false name. It is expected that China will import nearly 800,000 metric tons of chicken this year, which is a 2% increase over 2021. This number excludes chicken paws, or chicken feet, which are a very common food eaten in many Asian countries. Welcome to the meeting room. My name is Brianna Boozman, and thank you for joining me this week. So this weekend is Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm sure many of you are excited to tune in for that game. And it's a day where over 90 million people will tune in to watch the big game. Americans' minds are on football, and so this week we're going to talk a little bit about football and where the meat industry and athletics collide. And, you know, when it comes to the Super Bowl, the collision of these two industries start off with something really pretty simple, the actual football. And though many of you have probably heard the football having been referred to as a pigskin, uh, they're actually made from leather from cow hides. One beef hide can make approximately 20 footballs that typically can range from about 15 to 25, with 20 being the average. And according to Wilson, the company that's responsible for making the game ball, each year more than 700,000 footballs are made. And when you think about this, that's footballs that are going to um, high schools, it's going to professional sports, um, colleges, and so forth. So about 700,000 made every single year. And when we think about that on the beef side, to cover all of those footballs, Over 35,000 beef hides have to be used every single year just to make footballs. Uh, We know that hides can go into other products as well. A lot of times it is leather products that they go into, but pretty crazy to me to think about um, that many that go just uh, just for this game. And without the beef industry, the game really couldn't even be played because they wouldn't have the ball to play it with. In addition to the ball that will be used, the ground that the players will be running on may just tie back to the meat industry. So SoFi Stadium, where the game is going to be played, is a turf field. And so turf is a um, obviously a synthetic type of field. And one of the components that goes into turf is rubber. And uh, rubber is known to actually contain a byproduct from the meat industry. 
Many rubbers contain stearic acid, and stearic acid is a fatty acid that can come from both vegetable oils and um, animal fats, or I should say vegetable fats and animal fats. Oftentimes, the stearic acid that is used actually comes or originates from tallow or beef fat. So that means um, the rubber that actually makes up the turf could be uh, made up of beef fat or could be containing tallow within it. Um, additionally, taking a, a step away from football, um, if you think about other rubber products, even tires um, and that kind of thing contain that stearic acid and they contain that beef fat. Um, and it's something that, you know, is used every day by millions and millions of people across the world that may not realize um, how important the meat industry was uh, just to be able to get them to and from work or to and from their daily activities. But anyway, back to football. So on Sunday, we're going to be watching the Cincinnati Bengals take on the LA Rams. And um, I'm actually pretty excited for this game. I'm not a huge football fan or professional football fan, I should say. Um, I don't typically follow it during the season. But there is a South Dakota State alum who plays for the Rams, uh, Christian Roseboom. And so I'm pretty excited to watch that game um, and definitely having some of my college pride coming through. But, you know, looking at these, these two teams, the Rams are maybe named after sheep, but that's, that's kind of their tie to the meat industry. Um, but neither of them are, are great examples of a tie between football and the meat industry. However, there is a team out there that has direct connections with agriculture and uh, with livestock and specifically with meat processing. And I may have talked about this before um, on an episode of the podcast that focused on byproducts, but the team that directly ties back to the meat industry is the Green Bay Packers. They actually got their name from a packing company. In 1919, the team was formed, and it was formed by Curly Lambeau. He was um, a big, big part of getting that team together, and he knew that they would need funds to help them get started. And so to help with that, he talked to his employer, the Indian Packing Company, who at the time uh, sold canned meat products, and he talked to them about uh, potentially sponsoring the jerseys. And at the time, Curly worked as a shipping clerk for the company, and not only was he able to convince his boss to give them money for the jerseys, but he also got them to allow them to be able to use the company's field and their open space to practice for the team. So the condition was that they uh, would be named after the company, and so the name Packers uh, came with the deal and it, it stuck around. And so um, this story, you know, it, it would be significantly better if they were in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, this is an episode focused on the Super Bowl. But, you know, maybe next year, probably not. Um, <laughs> but maybe for any of you Packers fans out there. Either way, though, it's, it's a pretty cool story, I think, to think how it can get uh, tied back to the industry and uh, will be a good, good one to share with people this weekend. Uh, but anyway, going back to the Super Bowl, if we're looking outside of the game itself, the meat industry is a huge part of the day, um, just in terms of people celebrating, people watching, 
Uh, one of the common things to do when it comes to Super Bowl time is to have a Super Bowl party. And no party is complete, at least in the Midwest, without a plethora of dips and uh, dishes to share. Um, a lot of food is going to be consumed this weekend watching the Super Bowl. And in 2019, the Super Bowl was hosted at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And on that day, over 16,300 hot dogs were sold. And that was just at the game. That didn't look nationwide at what people were consuming. Oftentimes, hot dogs kind of get a bad rap. But unlike footballs, they are not a byproduct of the meat industry. They actually contain some really good, high-quality protein. Yes, I I shouldn't necessarily say high-quality. The quality can vary based on product, but they're um, still containing that lean edible product. They're not uh, being made by just byproducts of the industry that often get the bad rap, um, but they can actually contain some really good protein within them. And they're not only uh, good for football games, but they're really oftentimes a staple for a lot of American traditions. Um, So whether that be 4th of July parties or a lot of these sporting events, hot dogs a lot of times seem to be that focus and that focal point uh, that people come back to. In addition to hot dogs, one of the most common foods consumed during football games, especially during the Super Bowl, um, are chicken wings. And I know for a fact my family is going to have them. I just actually got off the phone with my sister who was driving all around town uh, looking for some to purchase. And uh, they're just, they're a popular item. They're just kind of that American staple to go along with the game. So in 2021, over 1.4 billion wings were consumed on Super Bowl Sunday. And from one chicken, most people, when you think about a chicken, they're actually um, a pretty simple product to, if you ever want to practice some cutting, you can easily break down a chicken at home. But usually when we think of a chicken, um, if you order fried chicken, um, you get the two legs, two thighs, two pieces of the breast meat, two wings. But when it comes to actual barbecue wings, you can actually get four wings from one chicken. And what I mean by that is that the whole wing portion has actually been divided into two. So you get um, from one chicken two drumettes. So basically they look like um, the mini drummies. Um, And then you get two flats. So that's the wing portion that has the two bones uh, within it. And so together, the drumette and the flat make one wing. So that means that four wings per bird... It took 350 million chickens to produce the wings needed um, in in 2021. 1.4 billion wings, over 350 million chickens. And that's just a really hard number for uh, me to wrap my head around. But it's pretty crazy. And, you know, in the past couple years, you know, we we hear the word supply chain issues and that sort of thing a lot. One of the things that was affected was chicken wings. Um, I know I went to a restaurant here one evening and we asked the uh, server what was a good thing to get. And he said, I've tried just about everything but the wings. They won't let us order the wings because of the shortage. 
And even Wingstop, the restaurant, changed their name for a while. And I think everything's back, but it was a marketing deal where they changed their name to Thigh Stop because thighs were easier uh, to get compared to the chicken wings. It might be a little harder to find them this year. So if you're planning to have them on Sunday, make sure you go today and get them purchased. Um, so that way you too can be part of the 1.4 billion wings that will probably be consumed this weekend. So maybe this weekend, though, you won't be eating hot dogs or you won't be eating wings. Maybe instead you'll eat a queso dip with sausage in it. That's always a big hit at our house as well. Um, maybe it'll be some other kind of dip like a buffalo chicken dip or a charcuterie board or what I grew up knowing as a meat and cheese tray, which always, always is a hit at parties. Or maybe you'll choose something that's wrapped in bacon, um, or maybe you'll choose all of those things plus a little bit extra. All of these things are definitely crowd pleasers, but the, the cool thing with them is a lot of these products feature an animal protein. Um, it may not be the hamburger or the steak that we typically think of when we're thinking um, of getting a meat product, but even just these sides and snacky foods can be a great way uh, to incorporate those proteins into the diet, but also to be able to tie that industry into the big day. And so no matter how we look at it, the animal egg industry plays a really big role in a lot of different festivities that we do, but even on Super Bowl Sunday, the meat industry is going to be highlighted. So this weekend, toss around the pigskin, Put down a couple wings, share with your friends the fun fact that you learned about where the Packers got their name, and enjoy the big game. So thank you for joining me this week in the meeting room, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the meeting room are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of their employers including the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and others.